0: just go-
1: marvelites Welcome to This Week in Marvel episode number
0: 320. Yeah. What's you up? know what
1: that means? means beer cans. <laughs> yeah, that
2: is,
1: that's what Stone Cold always says beer cans. And he pours
3: them
0: on himself. Beer cans, beer I was cans.
3: actually, hi everyone, this is Ben Morse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was actually just watching on the train today. Survivor Series 2001, Okay, it was the Alliance versus Team WWF, Oof. the big finale, but then they had extras on the disc, and one of the extras was when Ric Flair comes out the next night on Raw and reveals that he's the half owner of Raw, and then Stone Cold comes out, and as always, as ever, the thing I'm most amazed with by Stone Cold Steve Austin is his ability to catch as many beers as possible, <laughs> yeah. No matter where he's standing, and then smash them together and start drinking them.
1: Yes, I'm Ryan Panagos. Kudos to the guy who throws them to him. Also, <laughs> yes, I'm Ryan Panagos, aka Marvel's Agent M. You already heard from Ben, and we are joined by
2: wrestling novice Tucker Marcus
1: if you're just joining us for the first time this is not a wrestling podcast (laughs) uh, we're just a bunch of goofballs Uh, we're going to talk about all the new comics out this week print digital single issue collections Uh, we've got a special this week in Marvel unlimited reading club yeah really special final holiday episode Uh, and you know what this episode is brought to you by Hasbro. Hasbro. Uh, so, we're going to talk a bunch about Hasbro and all the cool stuff that they put out this year. Look a little bit forward maybe into next year. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We have like nine pages of cool stuff that Hasbro put together for us. It so was we'll, intense. Yeah, we'll talk Maggie, about that. To, well, Maggie
3: collated it all. We appreciate that, Maggie.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll get into of a little... Of course, our Maggie is here. We yes. should give her a quick shout out. I yeah, so We see yeah. snow this Ugh. morning today in New York. It's, uh, it's cold and great here, but I just came back from Los Angeles, had a bunch of fun stuff that happened. So I went and I interviewed Mr. Taika Waititi, oh, Um which so I've always been pronouncing it Waititi, yeah. but it's YTT. So mm-hmm. like Waikiki, okay. but YTT. That's how he pronounces it. So I, it that's must how be the you way you pronounce is. it. And he was great, mm-hmm. delightful. We had a lot of fun. I played a game with him for Thwip the Big Marvel show, Ooh. as well as got some questions from you guys, the listeners. And I think one from New Tucker. Yes. Uh, <laughs> some questions for an interview that we're gonna use on this weekend Marvel. You know what? Cork may have appeared in this what? interview. That's no. all that's a little teaser for y'all. That's Boy. like
3: that's like his Italian Tucker. <laughs> <Are you> ever, <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: that's a good point. Except Excellent and the world loves it instead of despising it wanting it to stop immediately. Correct.
1: And then we went to Anaheim and went to the PlayStation Experience. Oh, very cool. Which was this big celebration of all things Sony PlayStation, all their games, some, you know, really cool stuff, some exhibitors and whatnot. Um, Marvel's Spider-Man for Mm -hmm. PlayStation 4 Mm -hmm. was there. They had a really cool setup. So there were three photo booths, kind of. One uh, was a big helicopter with one of the... um,
4: Inner Inner demons.
1: demons. Uh, An inner demon dude there, and he has a sword. And you go over there, and they had a bunch of cameras, and they do like a 360... sort of movie video like so they have you jump up and they go Uh, and you did that so i like that you're making the hand motions. yeah yeah everybody can see it yeah Yeah. if you
3: guys haven't listened to it yet myself tucker and maggie spoke with dan slott and christos gage who are part of the writing team behind marvel spider-man on ps4 it was fun dan came into the office oh great which is always a pleasure yeah and then christos gage said yep i'll be there too to which I assumed he was in New York even though I know he's not in New York Yeah. so I like put him in the security system and everything and we were just like waiting and Dan's like you know he's in LA right <laughs> so he just called him at the last second he's like yeah man I've just been waiting by my phone where Aww. have you been so oh, I always love Christos though. Christos was great I hadn't spoken to him in years yeah. uh, I was so good to talk to him again that was so much fun
1: yeah um, so that was part of the news that broke if you guys missed that interview it's in the feed cool. it's available in this week of Marvel you have podcast no excuses correct um, what else? Oh yeah, there was another photo area with you know, Spider-man on a rooftop and then another one with a climbing wall. Uh, you can see me have a goofy segment <laughs> trying to climb that wall on Thwip the Big Marvel show. Didn't go that great, yeah. but that's fine. We did a live Periscope and, and Facebook Live from there, so tons of content from that, plus all the other games. I'm wearing a sweet Horizon Zero Dawn Looks t-shirt dope, I bought man. there. That's a great shirt. Uh, you don't usually go non-Marvel.
3: but I, know. But I knew is, I wasn't going to be on camera good. today.
1: Good. And this shirt is soft, and it's new. Oh, <laughs> uh, there we go. <laughs> so, yeah, that was great. There was a Spider-Man t-shirt that I purchased, Ooh. which was lovely, and a holiday sweater. Wow. So that's, those are my fashion tips. Go to PSX hey, and buy some clothing. We also had Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite. Yeah, was there? Uh, it was playable on the show floor with new characters: Winter Soldier, Black Widow, and I know Black Panther. There's, I believe, one other character who debuted there. But they had the championships for Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite there. They had done these tournaments and uh, this Battle for the Stones mm-hmm. event that basically took place around the world. Did you do a run in? I should have. That would have been. St- Super. Yeah, just (laughs) super. But the championship was actually a giant Infinity Gauntlet. Oh. Uh, This big Infinity Gauntlet trophy that they let me caress and touch, and I did (laughs) things to it. Uh, It was great. All right. I have photos. I have evidence. It's a family show. Yeah, and it was wonderful. So the the winner of that, we watched the match in this big arena, Mm -hmm. which was really cool. They gave these, like, blow-up, they're called thunder sticks. They're little like plastic, and you, oh, right. yeah. you, you blow them up, and then you smack them together, and they make loud noise. Like thunder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the go. whole arena was, you know, having a good time, that the match was awesome. great, so that was really fun. It was really Ooh. cool at PSX, and then I went to the set of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <gasps> uh, Maggie. Maggie. Is freaking out. <laughs> freaking out right now. Interviewed Mr. Clark Gregg uh, for a long time with oh him. That God. was great. You'll get that on This Week in Marvel in the future. I'm not sure when, but... Had a lot of fun, and then Women of Marvel had a great interview with the the women of Shield, and that was really good. Judy Stevens did that. So look was, at Maggie's face, she's so <laughs> I don't know I don't know what her expression says. Yeah. I don't know if she's disappointed.
3: I don't know if she's jealous. She's yeah, happy. She's happy. <laughs> right. Yeah,
1: there was a new uh, Avengers series announced this week. A digital. Yep. Yeah. Avengers comicology. Back to Basics. Uh,
3: we've got our guys working on it right now we're gonna get some news up on that soon but it's uh it's written by peter david it's Comicsology exclusive uh, it's part of our deal with them and it's gonna be really cool nice
1: i saw i tanya oh, oh how yes. was it? it was great i want to see how it. was the winter soldier you guys know i love a good mustache oh, oh yeah, yeah. his mustache not good. not good and it was <laughs> not good. terrific i loved it it was gross <laughs> it was like weird yeah uh, I, Tanya was great. Sebastian yeah. Stan was wonderful. Margot Robbie, she is incredible. She's so good. she get her in a Marvel movie? I wish. <laughs> uh, and then um, Allison Janney. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Always you know, great. If you're a West Wing fan, obviously you mm-hmm. know, and mm-hmm. she's done so many things, but she is incredible. Yeah. And the movie was really funny. It's a lot of breaking the fourth wall, talking to you I type see stuff. I got it. But, mm. but see it. it also is very heavy. There's yeah. obviously a big domestic violence thing throughout the movie and I I have a hard time with that my Mm. mom was a victim of domestic violence so dealing like watching that was very difficult but it was a really good movie I highly suggest it. If nice. you want to see all the right. Winter Soldier and Harley Quinn, <laughs> just hang out. <laughs> it's wonderful.
3: Right. What else? Uh, trying to think what happened while you were gone. The yeah. major thing I can think of that I was bummed that you weren't here for is I brought my uh, daughter into the oh, office. Yeah. Dang it, best. Yeah, she came in and met. She met Tucker and Maggie. One of the highlights of the visit was, first of all, Lorraine Sink, had already washed her hands before we got there because she wanted to hold the baby right away, and she did, and she did a great job. And then Dee Lee, Marvel legal, uh, says, can I hold the baby? And we're like, of course, Dee, you can hold the baby. Dee holds her. I'm going to try to describe it for our listeners in a way where she was just had, like, a hand on her back and a hand on, like, her legs, and she just started slowly sliding down the front of her. And I go, Dee, what's going on? She goes, oh, I've never held a baby before. So this was Dee's first baby. Uh, She nearly dropped her. Right. Um, Adrian was able to swoop in and save the day. She took her from her, but uh, it was great. They got to meet Cirilli, they got to meet all the
1: people, but you weren't here. I know. It was devastating. That's a bummer. Yeah there's one more piece of news which broke this morning
3: yes the Mm -hmm. walt
1: disney company to acquire 21st century fox inc after spinoff of certain businesses for 52.4 billion dollars in stock it's a chunk of change tucker the agreement also provides disney with the opportunity to reunite the x-men fantastic four and deadpool with the marvel family under one roof and create richer more complex worlds of interrelated characters and stories that audiences have shown they did you not know this happened Maggie is is reacting like she had no idea. That's terrific! Great news! Very exciting. Much more, I'm sure to come. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we'll leave it at that. But that is direct from the press release.
3: How close could we have come? And by we, I mean the three of us, to purchasing. Uh, Fox out Mm -hmm. from under.
1: I I feel Mm -hmm. like we were we could have been in the running if we had
3: tried. If we should have tried, yeah. Mm -hmm. This guys, this was a missed opportunity. Yeah.
1: So lots of fun stuff. Oh, you know what? Actually, guys, yeah, uh, we've traded out young Tucker. Some might say upgraded. Yeah, major upgrade. Probably we would. Yeah, I would. And we're joined by Maggie.
5: Hi everyone. I'm (laughs) Maggie Klementova, their intern.
3: Yeah, (laughs)
1: you've you've been sort of the whispering voice. When so when you say something on the show normally and we don't we, we can hear you yeah we can. can you hear yourself in the in the headphones
5: usually yeah but i okay. try not to do that because i don't want to you
3: don't you know. like the
5: spotlight yeah i don't want to disrupt
3: that's fair no, maggie that's fair. tucker is gone yep. he went to see star trek and he's gonna be <laughs> he's gonna be gone for a little while um so we recruited maggie yep Today is Star Trek day, after all. Yeah, it one hundred percent is. I, did you see my T-shirt? Look at you wearing a Star Wars shirt. That's right. I was uh, I put on my like Thor shirt this morning, and I was like, you know what? No, not today, Thor. Today's uh-huh. Star Wars day. What if you get interviewed on the street and someone's like, "Hey, do you like the Star Wars?" I'm gonna say it's okay.
1: Yeah, that's fair.
3: <laughs> I'll be. I mean, totally honest with you, I'm gonna say I don't hate it. No, I just you know never got me in the same way. That's fair. But This is the shirt. I think we've told the story of this shirt yes. before, right? All
1: right, I'm not going to record. But Maggie, you've been with us now for how many months? Four months, give or take? Yeah.
5: Yeah, yeah she's done months? next
1: week. Did you know that? I didn't, but I was going to say, <laughs> as you come close to the end of your tenure with us as an intern, now is your time to shine. You get yeah. to be on the podcast. You're going to run through the comics with us. You've done picks because you're reading them regularly anyway.
5: Right? Yes.
1: Yeah. It's great. You're probably reading more than Tucker is, yeah. anyway.
5: No, I don't think Tucker's so. Tucker's the worst. <laughs> no, I'm defending you, Tucker.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's not going to listen to this. Yeah, That's he be won't. serious. <laughs> Come on. But we are going to go through all the new comics out this week, starting with all new Wolverine number 28. <sighs> man, this book has been so good. This book has been so great. Written by Tom Taylor, art by Juan Cabal. Juan Cabal is on Just fire, Man. Again, yeah. every time. Juan Cabal has been great. Colors by Nolan Woodard. So we've got the uh, the Orphans of X who have been literally taking pieces out of our heroes. Mm-hmm. Daken lost an arm. Mm. He's still, you know, to everybody's happiness, he's still wearing his Strong Girl shirt, yep. which makes me very happy. Very cool. Uh, he looks great. Uh, and the 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 family is regrouping. And it really is the family because it's like Laura and her family through her mom but also with Gabby and with Dokken. And I love this. I love that we have this core group that they can, that at least you have Laura who she can rely on uh, between her sister and her brother, but they are being hunted by the orphans of X. And it's, it. the book actually opens up with this really gnarly scene. That's uh, it's just uh, the, not so much the, that it, there's, they're taking the Muramasa blade, the Orphans mm-hmm. of X, and they're the little shards of it, they're melting them down. Smelting? Is that what you do? I'm, sure. I'm not a metalsmith, yeah, but they're taking, they're taking them and turning them into bullets. And there's this oddly sweet, tender scene where these people who have this shared trauma of being losing loved ones or being deformed by the Wolverine and his family, and they are having this tender moment where they can get revenge, and there's a sweetness to their... Horrifying <laughs> actions. Uh, but we've got them hunting down the uh, Daken and Laura and everyone. Daken gets hit with a bullet. And this, we get to actually see what the Muramasa blade is all about. And now the Muramasa bullets, the wound doesn't close. No. His healing abilities just, they don't work. Ugh. And so it it's just this horrible thing uh, that they have to deal with. So... It, you get a gnarly way of of dealing with the problem. Is Laura's like, "All right, sorry, Dawkins, but I'm going to cut the flesh around where you got shot mm-hmm. so that the your non the flesh that hasn't touched the bullet can actually grow back," which is so awful. And yeah. he's just like, "I've already felt a lot of pain. More pains, whatever." He's just like, uh, you know, uh, it's not the he says it's not the first time I've been stabbed today, and it probably won't be the last. I love Doc, and I'm so glad he's back and on this book and in he's Ice been great. Man. Yeah, he's definitely it's
3: it's a Doc Renaissance right now yeah. between here and Iceman, Hopefully, you know a Doc and a
1: Doc and Sons, a yeah. Renadoc. Doc, Ren um, My favorite moment of this book, this come week, on, yes, got it. hands down is finally Gabby gets her superhero name, mm-hmm. and it is it is a great little way it happens. She's talking about how she needs a superhero name. They're all dealing with the battle. They're escaping. Gabby's freaking out. She had just met Danger. Uh, There's this great little interaction between Gabby and Danger, and Danger's like, my name is Danger. Gabby's like, is that like your middle name? Like someone says my name is Danger. It's really funny. Tom Taylor writes the best Gabby. But uh, Dawkins, like, you know, he gives her her superhero name. I don't want to spoil it because I think it's a great moment. You have to read this book. But he gives her the superhero name that – is so perfect mm-hmm. and is so spot on. And then, to top it all off, we get this moment of her envisioning what it would be like to be this character, to have this superhero name. So she, it's, it's her with... Visions of comic book covers, classic comic book covers. There's, you know, Wolverine number one by Frank Miller and Chris Claremont. Uh, there's the, you know, New X Men, Grant Morrison, Frank Quietly covers. There's Uncanny X Men covers. There's the Incredible Hulk cover. All of these, but her in the place where Wolverine would be, and her new superhero name in the place where it would have said Wolverine, and it is. Fantastic! It is one of my favorite moments of 2017. There you go. Yeah, it's, right in under the wire. Yeah, you know, it, look, that's what's going to happen. Uh, and then we get to see they actually go to Tokyo, the whole crew, and they go to talk to Muramasa. And it, one of the things was, I was thinking, okay, cool, there'll be like this quest, this battle, something will happen. They they have to find Muramasa, and it, they roll up onto this like this temple in in Japan. They're all in disguises. Jonathan, the Wolverine, yes. is wearing a dog disguise. Brilliant. Also, one of my favorite moments of 2017. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we need to speak to your master. Uh, we're here. We're not looking for trouble. Uh, let's, we need to see your master. And he's like, you're talking to him. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just this great moment that it cuts to the chase. They get to talk to Miramasa. We get to learn a little bit more about the Miramasa blade. And then we get to learn about... There is something that can counteract it, that can protect against this incredible evil. Uh, but all the characters need to be whole. And it's this lovely moment where Tom has done one thing earlier issues and finds a way to put the pieces back together that also benefits the story, benefits the characters. And you get this just amazing full-page splash of Dokken in a meditative state and healing his mind, his body his soul, but more importantly, his body that had been very uh, terribly injured. And then we have been talking about the tattoos, yeah, um, and how he better not come back with tattoos, right? But his arm is back, and it says days later, which plenty of time to get new tattoos. Uh, and Gabby says so. Do you just keep one tattooist permanently employed, or <laughs> they so they they crushed it? Every right. little beat, it is they anticipated. Fantastic. Every question we were going to ask, and they answered. Yeah, uh, and then finally, by the end of the issue, we see a really heinous scene with the orphans of X, and they've captured some people. And it's the the last panel of this book is brutal. Brutal. It's brutal. It, again, all new Wolverine. I think we've picked every issue that's come out in the last like, three or four months. So you guys got to
0: read it.
5: Oh, so, actually, this is Tucker's pick, but what? I'm going to agree with him. Oh, I so really loved pick. this issue. Yes, okay. so it's Daredevil 596, another one of the legacy issues with Mayor Fisk, uh, written by Charles Soule, art by Stefano Landini, and colors by Matt Milla. And it starts off with exactly where the previous issue left off. Um, Daredevil had just attacked Fisk uh, and is trying to escape, and it's kind of crushing here because the first scene doesn't open with any of that, but just the different NYPD officers discussing the fact that now they have to go after Daredevil. And the interesting thing is they're like, yeah, he's a good guy and we've always liked him, but he attacked the mayor. It doesn't matter who he was or what whatever he attacked by attacking the mayor. He attacked the city means he attacked us and he even says it's a matter of pride. Yeah. So.
1: there, There's an, I was reading it and I was thinking about wrestling. Mm-hmm. I was thinking okay. about how this kind of reminds mm-hmm. me of a promo. Yeah, you know, it's usually going to come back to wrestling with us. It, it reminded me of a promo and that you're building someone up. Right. Uh, in, in, in the stakes, you're talking about how dangerous, they, how big they are, how good, whatever it is, but, it's it's a way for someone else to put someone over in a really good way and those pages I, I thought those were great right because the old philosophy in wrestling is if you're gonna
3: insult someone and say like oh they're old they're broken down they're this they're that then you just beat an old broken down guy and it doesn't mean
1: anything you yep. have to
3: build them up as a threat yeah. Um, and yeah that's. and what you build here.
1: you build Daredevil up as something special something great and then that makes it all the more the stakes are much higher sure
5: yeah, absolutely, and the stakes are definitely felt here as they pursue him. He actually, at first, kind of misinterprets what they're doing. He assumes all the sirens is something's going wrong, and he comes to help, and no, they're actually after him, and they're well-equipped to deal with him. They attack with him with some kind of sonic cannon, which obviously is not great for his super heightened senses, and just Daredevil's taking a beating, but there's a great moment where you kind of see the reporting on it, and it's saying... He's being beaten down, but he's still moving. He's still struggling. And I think that kind of cuts to the core of what he is as a character. Um, We kind of get a shot of Muse, who, yikes, Mm, Muse Muse is back.
1: The, the, the creepy thing like Muse is in jail after the events of one of the previous stories mm-hmm. and he's just like hmm, I don't want to be in jail anymore yeah. I think it's time I should get out and you're like oh this is not good yeah he could have left at any time yeah whenever he so desired yeah great new villain that
3: um, uh, Charles and Ron Garney I think it was Ron Garney yeah. on that one yeah he's so
5: creepy <laughs> I cannot ugh yeah really don't want him to be back but he is a fantastic villain Um, in any case Daredevil's in kind of a bind and he calls Blindspot to help him out I'm not going to spoil exactly how Blindspot does that but it's pretty cool and Daredevil finally gets away from the NYPD and then the next day um, he's back to being Matt Murdock and um, Ellen is actually asking him to file paperwork on Daredevil himself which is kind of a great moment and I think there's a lot of people have said you know how the great thing about Spider-Man for example is how whenever Spider-Man and Peter Parker's lives are put at odds and I think that's another great thing about Daredevil is when Matt Murdock's life and Daredevil's life are put at odds and the end of this issue definitely does that in a huge way and I am so excited for what this means for his character and just overall for what this means. It's
3: a great twist and I think last time we discussed Daredevil I talked about how it was cool because this is not a Daredevil versus Kingpin story. This is Daredevil versus the city of New York, which is also his like greatest ally yeah. has been turned against him. The stuff with the NYPD in this in this issue is devastating. It's hard. Um, you really like it it hurts you on behalf of Matt Murdock to know that these people he's so dedicated to helping just can't help him back and it's really
1: an emotional stuff yeah and kudos to this team for elevating that Fisk uh, Murdoch relationship yes in some they've gone through so much yet this is a new wrinkle and this is a new story and it's great right
5: yeah it's great and I'm really excited about it
1: also great runaways <laughs> number four.
3: Written by Rainbow Rowell, art by uh, Chris Anka, with colors by Matthew Wilson. This was a sweet spot for me because I've been watching Runaways on Hulu. Um, you mean cool, Marvel's Runaways Marvel's, on Hulu? Marvel's Runaways on Hulu. I'm Sorry fa- about that. Okay, I, I wasn't sure familiar? we were talking about the same thing. <laughs> yeah, Great. Runaways on Hulu is a completely yeah, different show. It's well, a really is. weird show. Um, but, yeah, no, I've been watching a lot of uh, Runaways on Hulu, Marvel's Runaways. And... Um, just really enjoying it. And this book is the perfect companion piece. Uh, if you do watch the show, I will warn that the book is not exactly like the show. Um, the show, the, one of the nice things about it is it that diverges so wildly from the comics. But the heart is still there. The characters you love are still there. And Rainbow Rowell clearly loves these characters. She clearly has a knack for their voice. Uh, stuff's going on with Victor Mancha, with his head specifically. They've, they've dragged it along. As they're going on, basically uh, Chase... Nico and Gert tried to get Carolina to come back with them. She wasn't having it. She's in college. She's happy. She's having a blast. Um, so they think. So It was that think. last page oh, yeah. of her issue, and it was just like, oh, Carolina. No, she's having a great time. Don't worry about her. <laughs> Don't worry about Carolina. So they say, all right, now we're going to go get Molly. And I like that Molly, The kind of the cool thing for the initial Runaways was having a character that young and having a character that just, like, fresh-faced and different. She's a little older now. But she's still got that inherent molly to her. Yeah. So they pick up. They take Victor's head. They go to look for Molly. She's staying with her grandmother. Um, they want to take Molly back. And just like the overwhelming joy of molly and her grandmother to meet these kids who have meant so much to her granddaughter uh there's a panel of old lace licking molly with a little heart coming out of it it's perfect uh, she finds out how kurt's alive again it's all perfect it's just wonderful talking stuff no supervillains. no fighting just some people kind of sitting around and uh
1: you know trying to figure out what their status is as friends i mean rainbow is consistently shows how good she is at right. writing young characters their relations their dialogue their feelings like she is fan friggin fantastic
3: yeah and we have a really interesting new character here in molly's grandmother because obviously as we know the whole paradigm of runaways is their parents were evil what do they do so you initially don't trust this character but she's so darn nice and she just like wins people over and i love the i love one of the things Chris on is great at is doing the uh, the clothing. Yeah, he does. He oh doesn't just stick stick kids in generic clothes. He think, thinks a lot. I love Molly's romper. Is that what that is? It, it's called a romper. Okay, cool. I am uh, filling in for Fashion Boy while he's not here. Appreciate while it. He's off seeing uh Planet of the Apes or whatever. Um,
1: funnier the first time.
3: it's uh, okay. Just roll with it. That was, that, that was, that it. was a
1: joke of diminishing
3: returns. Don't 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 <laughs> tread on it. Don't just dwell on it.
1: Well, I, so yeah, uh, I I wanted to put this out there. So mm-hmm. are these leggings or socks? She's got, Molly's wearing Captain Marvel.
5: Knee-high socks. Knee-high
1: socks. Are they, are they Captain Marvel or are they Dazzler? But the, ooh, ooh. Mm, but the yeah. yellow you think about and the that, red, did you? Well, you don't see the colors.
3: Oh, she has red too? Yeah. I didn't see it, I'm sorry. Sorry, about sorry
1: guys, I can't see colors.
3: Yep. Whoa, let's make a big deal out of it. <laughs> okay. <God. laughs> All right, so back to the book. Um, Molly kind of says to them essentially like, look, I'm happy here with my grandmother. I don't want to go anywhere hey, you guys should think about staying here with me. And, of course, Kurt doesn't want to hear it.
1: Um, also, there are a lot of really cute cats here. A lot of really cute cats. Man. So, good for you. Chris Anka, you know, he knows he gets you. all the great things yeah. so well.
3: Yeah. And I love that, I mean, this is a spoiler, but we'll go into it, in that uh, Molly discovers Victor is not dead. Uh, he's biding his time, and uh, he's, like, plain dead. But Molly's too smart for him. She knows. That yeah, he's
1: alive. she's like Victor. Why are you pretending to be to, to not yeah. be alive or whatever? Yeah, because she, she notices him rolling, rolling his, his eyes, eyes at Chase through, so his, through the eyelids. Yeah, I know
3: that it's um. <laughs> I love Molly's line. You know what I've always wanted—one of those Barbie heads to teach you how to style hair. And Victor goes, "No, Molly." And then Molly goes, "But you have such beautiful hair." And he
1: goes, "All right, maybe." <laughs> and he blushes a yeah, little bit. Great stuff. He doesn't have a body. He doesn't have blood vessels, cores, like. But he blushes, blushes. and it works. Yeah,
3: it works. Why not? And uh, Molly's grandmother has a very interesting conversation with Gert, where she talks about what she's all about, what she's doing for Molly, what she thought of her parents. Uh, a nice, a nice. Uh, Splash page of all the kids just enjoying each other's company, just being happy, Gert being pensive. And then besides Molly staying here, um, someone else decides to stay. Mm-hmm. And it's a bit of a shocker, yeah. but I love this issue. It was just a great, we love these characters. Let's get to know these characters. It was a wonderful way to bring Molly back in. She really is in so many ways the heart of the series. I kind of felt like this issue, even though Carolina is not in it and you know, some of the other characters weren't in it. Molly really makes Runaways Runaways. Um, She's probably my favorite character out of the group, and it was great to see her again. The art team does a bang up job. Didn't mention Matthew Wilson much because he's just you know just consistent and
1: great Eisner Award winner. Yeah, Matthew Wilson, who is one of the best colorists. Yeah. In comics. Tremendous job. Just a fun series and a good read in and out. Yes. Also a good read in and out is Weapon X number 12. Great by, cover, by the way. Oh, my. Yeah. So that was one of my first notes is cover of the week for me yep. is this one by Raza. It's uh, sort of like a, a a queen homage. Yeah. It looks like a band, like a CD cover. Yeah. But it's got your Weapon X team. So Old Man Logan, Lady Deathstrike, Domino, Sabretooth, and uh, Warpath. And then they all have... Nuke face paint on. So, one of my hey, let's get Ben to talk a little yeah. bit. Who is Nuke? What is Nuke's deal? Okay, so Nuke is, I think they say it in here, which weapon he
3: is. I believe it's either weapon seven. six or seven. All right, so weapon seven, uh, weapon X is weapon 10. So, while they were trying to make super soldiers, Cap- Captain America was weapon one, Wolverine is weapon 10. There were all these attempts in between to make other super soldiers. One of them, Phantom X is one, Phantom X is on. in there. Uh, so, Frank Simpson, Nuke. Is basically this at at the time just like you just have to think of him as a vet a vet. We won't tie him to any war because I don't know what war he sides. <laughs> yeah, the nowadays. sliding scale of um, time. Basis this vet who's got major PTSD. He's all messed up. And his first appearance was in Daredevil Born Again. They basically unleashed him on the city. He's got an American flag tattoo on his face. He takes red, white, and blue pills that either basically they're uppers or they're downers. And they get him all cranked up or they calm him down. Um, and with these, he doesn't, I, I don't know if he technically has any superpowers, but he's like super yeah. tough,
1: super strong, very durable. Like, yeah,
3: yeah. I think there's something. I think I want to say there's something to his skin. Like, yeah, it's, it's, I want to say I was thinking the yeah, same thing. Like, he doesn't have normal skin or yeah. something like that. But he's he's uh he's he's basically Captain America gone horribly wrong. It's like, yep. what if the Captain America program had been done on a sociopath as opposed to a good guy like mm. Steve Rogers? That is a perfect and
1: description. There you go. And so <clears throat> we open up into this book, and we've got our Weapon X team and they're not that has nothing to do with Nuke right away it's them and they're they're going hunting for some dinner they want to get a little they want to hunt like a deer uh, but they we get this great dialogue I love Greg writing these characters right. he just has a great little bit of business with each did of these did you mention that
3: Greg Pak was the writer of the book
1: I, I thought I did. If I, I didn't, do. Greg Pak is the writer of the book. Art by Ilderay Sinar, Colors by Frank Darmada. Thank there you, you Ben. No problem. Um and then Credit where credit's due. One hundred percent. Uh we get to see these uh the characters in like a down moment. They're talking to each other, they're giving each other crap. Like it feels almost like a family. Yeah, very much. Which so. is great because there is that familial uh bit of business between a couple of them. Uh they, so we've got the, the family business there and then Warpath gets a call that uh, some people he helped out previously are being terrorized. They are being hunted because they're mutants in the country of Santo Marco. Which Greg Pak loves using. This is like the third time in one of his books they've gone to
3: Santo Marco. Santo Marco, for those who don't remember, was a fictional country that was taken over by Magneto in the early days of the X-Men. And uh, for some reason, Greg Pak just loves going there. Who who wouldn't? wouldn't? It's It's a tourist...
1: Trap. (laughs) Uh, But they're being terrorized by a bunch of soldiers who have the nuke face paint. Just horrible terrifying uh people and we get to see from the uh emilio duarte the president of the republic of santo marco who's basically a terrible racist mm. who wants to eradicate mutants uh probably a bunch of other people the remaining mutants who are not murdered are being held prisoner and the soldiers are like oh we kill them fortunately Weapon X shows up there's a big old brouhaha Mm -hmm. uh, lots of blood Warpath really gets to shine in this uh, issue yeah and Warpath should shine he's great and he's cool his thing here is like these are indigenous people like he he wants to help people there's a plight that he is very closely attuned to Uh, Sabretooth just wants to slice people in half Mm -hmm. it's great fun all around Uh, uh, (laughs) fun for the whole family yeah fun for the whole family we get to see uh, this battle take place um But this uh, country of Santo Marco is actually producing the red pills, the pills that are the ones that bring Nuke up and turn him into the the killer that he he can be. Uh, There's a major moment here. I don't want to spoil it, but it had me going, holy crap, what is going on? This book was terrific. It moved at a million miles an hour. It had funny parts. It had impact. It was terrifying. Like it was everything you want. Greg is really firing on all cylinders as writer, and Yildiray is killing it on the art.
5: I have no good segue into, but you try. <laughs> we right. it. We appreciate it. it. <laughs> into the next issue, which is uh, Falcon number three, uh, written by Rodney Barnes, art by Joshua Cassara, and colors by Rochelle Rosenberg. And just the opening of this, this issue was so moving. Um, I'd like to read just one of the panel, not the panels, but... Um, oh, did you,
1: did you hear that? For those of you listening, we're recording in the, <laughs> the Defenders conference room. Mm. And uh, so we we're a little bit closer to the action than we normally are. We're in New York City, baby. Deal with it. Yeah.
5: Yes. Well, this is in Chicago, but
1: oh, very nice. Uh, See, you can do a segue. Great job. Woo-hoo. <laughs>
5: uh, so this is uh, Falcon reflecting on something that his father said at a funeral, and he said, "Look at life like it's a cup of water, and time is slowly sipping away at it." And. Mm. Good it stuff. gave me a little bit of an existential moment there yeah. to pull out for a second and be like, oh man, what am I doing with then my there, life? There's
1: some more to that. And I, 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 that was actually my first note for this book as yeah. well. It like the water uh, couple of life metaphor is terrific. Yeah. Uh, and, Kudos to Rodney Barnes, who is one of the writers on Marvel's Runaways. Marvel's on, Hulu. Runaways on Hulu. I saw his <laughs> name
3: when I was watching the other day. I said, wait a minute, is, is that Rodney Barnes of Falcon writing theme? It is. Oh. Uh,
1: and uh, evil producer Brandon, when are we putting up the Runaways episode? Did that already go up? Yes. So uh, we do hear, if you missed that one, Josh and Stephanie uh, talk a little bit about Rodney and, and his career, and, and it's really nice. Sorry. Yeah. Continue, Maggie.
5: In any case, uh, Falcon (laughs) and uh, Sean are sitting in jail in this uh, yet another issue where the mayor is causing trouble for our heroes. And they don't know he's Blackheart yet, but it takes about two seconds for them to figure it out when um, Falcon and Sean say no to his idea of Working together in hell, I suppose. I'm not exactly yeah. sure what the plan he's proposing is. No, right, right on. Yeah, it's not. It's not the best
1: sales pitch. No. You know, not really.
5: No, not no. I don't see how anybody, especially not someone like Sam, would go for that. So he's like, okay, well, I'm Blackheart, and here are all my demons. <laughs> no. uh, see you. <laughs> and. Uh, they're kind of getting a beat down at first, but Sam's trying to do his best to keep Sean alive, and then Doctor Voodoo shows up to yeah. help them out.
1: Always welcome, Doctor Voodoo. Yeah, he brings his like friends of Loa or whatever they're called. Yep. He's like uh, no, that sounds right. Yeah, friends his, like, of Loa, his crew, his his posse.
5: Yeah. So as quickly as he shows up, uh, saying that he got thrashed soundly mm-hmm. by Blackheart, mm-hmm. which Sean was like, "Why?" did you say that weird? Which I agree with, although that's something I would likely say. And he goes to get thrashed soundly again by Blackheart and uh, Falcon and Sean are kind of left to do... Well, now,
1: Sean is Patriot, right? Yes. Yeah, just saying that. And he is maybe my favorite character. In this He's great. Book. He He's is great. incredible.
5: Yes. Sorry. So Sean is Patriot and Sam Wilson is obviously Falcon. And well, this is not at all what Sean had signed up to do, he wanted to help you know, deal with gang violence. Right. He's like demons are kind of demons are
1: out of his pay grade.
5: Yeah, uh,
1: that's a totally fair thing, totally especially fair. for a f- like sixteen year old Like, yeah, yeah, maybe you don't want to do this and fight actual living hell creatures.
5: Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not about that life either, so I don't blame him. Uh, <laughs> so what happens is Sam kind of gives Sean a pep talk, and Sean's like, "Okay, you know, I'll I'll try to do my best." And uh, there's a small uh face off with the police actually because once again you know nobody knows that their mayor is actually not a good dude um and there's some kind of emotional moments in just that one standoff that i thought was very well written um but they don't hurt any of the police and they continue on to do exactly what they said to do um and they're kind of going through the gangs um men because even though they've been given power by Blackheart. And Blackheart is really annoyed by this. He's, he says, essentially, like, I gave you the power to destroy nations and you can't stop one man. And he says, well, I mean, dude is determined, mm, which is a yeah. great way to describe Falcon. And there's an excellent moment here is my favorite line in the whole thing. He said when uh, Dr. Voodoo shows up to attack Blackheart and Blackheart goes, you again why won't anyone accept my merciful attempts to allow them to live and I was like that's that's a great line yeah
1: yeah Rodney writes a really great black heart too Mm -hmm. that's it's
5: awesome yeah and I'm not going to spoil the end, but Sam shows up to face off against Blackheart and right. things go down.
3: I know, Ryan, you said that issue two of Falcon was the one that really like clicked it for you. Mm-hmm. Issue three, for me, is the exact same thing. I really just got it from the beginning. The, the story that Maggie talked about with Sam's father and Sam saying, like, you know, I'll try not to get mixed up in things, and then inevitably he does. Just I got in this issue... You know, Great stuff from Dr. Voodoo, great stuff from Patriot, great stuff from Blackheart, but the Falcon of it all. Mm-hmm. Just that unrelenting push to always do good, to continue to do better no matter what the odds are against you. I mean, it's a very Captain America thing, but I think Falcon has kind of carved his own niche as far as just being one of the best good guys pure good guys that we have on the roster he,
1: he's a white meat white meat baby face absolutely. that is actually full of character and like you want to root for him. absolutely um also uh, Patriot names his shield Rihanna yep oh yes that was a great Which is, moment there's a secret and what his shield was named beforehand great, is a great moment great you'll have to read the book mm-hmm. to find
3: out absolutely great alright last of our picks this week we got Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number 27 written by Ryan North art by Erica Henderson colors by Rico Renzi uh, it's part one of the Forbidden Plan Nut and as always it's Unbeatable Squirrel Girl so there's about 80 million things going on it's Unbeatable Squirrel Girl I would say in a good way is the densest book we have yeah it I usually read. I try to. I try. I try to think of reading comics as doing reps when I'm uh, on the train. So I'm like, if I can get five reps in every train ride, I can usually get done by the time we need to do the podcast. So usually, I'll read five comics over the course of my 40 minute train ride. I read Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, and that was it on one on this train ride, and it was worth it. It was really good. Yeah. Uh, it starts out with Nancy and Tippy Toe. Uh, Basically, suddenly everyone wants to know how Squirrel Girl beat Galactus, including Squirrel Girl herself, Um, and Brain Drain, and there's a quiz in Nancy's physics class, which is basically, for 10 points, there is a mass of Galactus size and density on the surface of Earth's moon. For the purpose of this question, you may assume this mass is Galactus, and nearby is a mass of a squirrel's size and density also on the moon. Given those constraints, how would you go about defeating Galactus using only physics? (laughs) Show your work. <laughs> um, it's just great. And um, they they, uh, they go out into the street, do Nancy and Tippy, and they say, hey, who wants to hear about defeating Galactus on the moon? And suddenly everyone jumps out of their cars and stuff. They're like, I do, I do. Tell me, tell me. And then finally, Squirrel Girl yells, shut it down. We find out that, of all things, Nancy and Tippy are on another planet comprised of sentient squirrel aliens uh, who are basically being threatened by Galactus and know that Tippy-Toe has defeated Galactus in the past. So they brought Tippy-Toe and Nancy to their planet to tell them how they defeated Galactus. And rather than just asking them straight up, they thought they would create this elaborate deception. Um, it's great. It's all great. Back on Earth... Um, We've got Squirrel Girl trying to figure out where Nancy and Tippy are, and the squirrels don't know where they are. So she says, I need to talk to Nancy's cat, meow. Um, but she can't talk to cats. So she goes to a variety of Marvel heroes with cat themes to see if any of them can talk to cats. And basically, they all just say, I can't talk to
1: cats, Squirrel Girl. Yeah,
3: You're nuts. It's real good. Uh, we do get a great stuff with Biggs the cyborg cat and Howard, Howard the, the duck.
1: duck. I was so happy to see Biggs again. Biggs is just, like... Delightful. If you've not read the Howard the Duck stuff, it should all be on Marvel Unlimited right Mm -hmm. now, and it is wunderbar. Yeah. So in lieu of finding anyone to help her out...
3: Squirrel Girl decides to go and see the Sorcerer Supreme, but in this case, that's Loki, and it's great because Loki and Squirrel Girl have a wonderful history together, and uh, that history is filling here
1: even more. So Loki's like, "Oh, this is to help Nancy." Yeah, oh, I loves, loves Nancy,
3: loves Nancy. But also, as we uh, we did an interview earlier this week with Brian North that we ran, um, basically said. What could possibly go wrong with Loki's need to be an egotist and demonstrate to his friend Squirrel Girl like how great he is at being Sorcerer Supreme? Absolutely. Back on the planet Chit uh, which is where all the uh, squirrels are, these guys—the Silver Surfer um, or someone dressed like the Silver Surfer—a bunch of silver guys who just act like a bunch of like frat bros. They're
1: they're like surfer bros. Yeah, surfer bros. Terrific.
3: They show up on the planet. They tell the squirrels, look, Galactus is coming. If you give us a lot of money, we'll stop him from coming. Something seems to be amiss here. Um... The Squirrels tell Nancy and Tippy all this. Uh, Tippi explains how they basically beat Galactus by being friends with Galactus. And Squirrel Girl is kind of a key component. Meanwhile, back on Earth, we've got Squirrel Girl and Loki trying to look for their friends. Uh, He can't find any spells to talk to cats, so he tries a bunch of other spells. And then he puts Squirrel Girl in this dope new costume. And then they're about to take off and look for their friends when the Dread Dormammu shows up.
1: Yeah, and I was like... Oh, we're getting the new Sorcerer Supreme mm-hmm. versus the Dread Dormammu For in For the very book. first time. And I am into it. All about it. it. Yeah.
3: All about it, man. Uh, we get Dread Dormammu's villain card. We get Squirrel Girl and
1: Loki running away. It is all brilliant. You can't forget the we have a, the legacy pages because this is the first oh, yeah, legacy yeah. issue. Yep. Uh, who does the art on those legacy pages? It's on the oh, last page. Just pa- a moment? Last because it's Robbie Thompson doing the the scripting here. Veronica Fish. Veronica Fish. did a great job. So great. And they're done from tippy-toes, point of view of telling Squirrel Girl's story. Loved it so much. Very, very good. Yeah, good stuff.
3: Uh, Time for quick hits. I'll start us off with Amazing Spider-Man number 792, part two of Venom, Inc. This is written by Dan Slott and Mike Costa. Dan Slott doing the uh, writing here. They're both responsible for the story. Ryan Stegman on art. We've got Flash Thompson as the new anti-Venom. Crazy stuff going on between Eddie Brock, Peter Parker as Spider-Man Venom. Black Cat is contending with Hammerhead when Maniac shows up. He's got some bad news for all the villains. Um, Spider-Man is trying to contain the Venom symbiote. He wants to destroy it. But Flash Thompson's like, no, you can't, that's my friend, that's my buddy, that's my partner, we've gotta help him out. So they try to figure out how they can cure him and make him better. More bad stuff going on, back with Black Cats King. Eddie Brock's trying to get help from Alchemax. And uh, someone following Betty Brant, which is a whole nother thing that we're going to that was a
1: great like old school yeah old school tease yeah it's like oh you can find out more about this in the amazing spider-man annual and uh they go and track down black cat and her gang and find something much much worse indeed all right we've got ben riley the scarlet spider number 11 written by peter david art by andre lima rojo and colors by rochelle rosenberg so good to see andre back on art for us uh it is fantastic he's so he has such a cool european style um, But there's uh, there's a mention here of the Black Marvel. Uh, I don't know what the Black Marvel is, Ben. Is that an established thing? The Black
3: Marvel was the uh, mentor of the Slingers back in the day. Basically, there was a superhero named the Black Marvel who got them all together. I think he was created for Slingers. So I don't think he like existed in the golden age or anything like that. I could be wrong about that. But definitely he was like their mentor figure who got them together and gave them their powers and their costumes and everything. Nice.
1: This is really, like it feels like a backdoor pilot for a new Slingers sure. show. Like like this is all about reintroducing who the Slingers are and yep. what their deal is and all the other characters, which I'm all about. It's really great. Uh, there's a nice little shout out in here to uh greg miller game over greggy who is a video game personality host and a friend uh he's is just mentioned in here so shout outs to greg for getting in the comics again uh but peter uh i should say ben Ben. yeah ben is having a tough time uh because his identity may not be quite so secret uh but there's big fights and the slingers are out to stop ben from hurting anyone else because he is thrown down with some people
5: uh, so next up is Cable152. Oh,
1: man, loving me some Cable.
5: Hell yeah.
3: Loving me some Cable.
5: That was appreciated. <laughs> uh, written by Ed Brisson, art by John Mallon and colors by Jesus Abortov. Um, so Cable and his team are still trying to figure out who's killing off the externals, although I think this is long shot, Um is kind of not thrilled that this is their mission in the first place he's like you know they're kind of terrible why are we even trying <laughs> to figure out yeah why um who's killing them why don't we just let them kill them yep. and cable is like no we gotta pursue it you can't mess with the timeline uh, so they're visiting. Yeah, the we kind of
3: get. Sorry to interrupt, Maggie, but we no, kind of no, no, get ahead. Cable's mission statement in this book, which is yes. presumably going to be the mission statement moving forward. That he is here to make sure that the timeline unfolds the way the timeline is supposed to unfold. So basically, he's like, like he's like that TVA, the Time Variance Authority, but he's just one guy and he's cooler and he's got big
1: guns. But at the same time, though, like to me, and I'm all for it, and I think I would have an argument against him mm-hmm. in if I was in the universe, and be like. Well, that's BS because yeah. that's your timeline. Right. That could be – any timeline could be different. You just want to protect your timeline. True. But there are infinite variables. So who's to say that doesn't give us something way better True. if this happens, Fair which enough. I think adds so many wrinkles throughout.
5: Yeah, and that's definitely a theme that happens later on when they face off against uh, Gideon here.
3: Gideon. A oh, boy. Yeah. A boy Finally, Gideon is back. <laughs> it was like we were leading to the yeah. r- to the reveal of No, it was like these beautiful bread breadcrumb trail of externals
1: leading to that big old loaf of bread, Mr. Gideon. Yeah. He's got like weird hair that's <laughs> green, but only partially on his head. Mm-hmm. He's got a lot of swords.
5: Yeah, so I mean there's not much more to say. Yeah, yeah. Um essentially that they face off against Gideon. He makes that very same argument. Like you were thrown 2000 years into the future. How come you get to say nobody gets to mess with the timeline? Mm-hmm. And I think everything leading up to it is great.
1: Yeah, totally. Cool.
3: Despicable Deadpool number 290. Deadpool kills cable written by Derry, uh, Jerry Duggan. Derry Juggin, Derry Juggin, uh, Amazing art by Scott Koblish. Just killing it. Colors by Nick Filardi. Um, Cable and Deadpool go to Deadpool's safe house to try to figure out what their next move is against Strife since Strife wants Deadpool to kill Cable. And he's not taking no for an answer. Uh, they go into the future.
1: Wait, real quick. Go on. Because you talked about Scott Koblish. You talked yeah. about the safe house. Yeah. The safe house is sort of uh, underground in like the subway area. Yes. Scott Koblish is a I almost cursed. Yeah, no. Of well, really, brutally. You are close Because he's a friggin' madman. Yeah. He put all the graffiti. Designs the heck I, out of this place. And look, I stared at this page trying to figure out all the, there's like so many little things mm-hmm. written across this page. No, I love job. Scott so much and I've never met him. Yeah. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for all you do, Scott. They go to the future.
3: The future is uh, inhabited by vampires who give Deadpool a hard time because they talk about how when uh, Shickle and Dracula got back together, that's when they started doing things real well. I love this vampire with the giant mouth because... Um, <laughs> it just looks so crazy well, It and just looks weird. so crazy and weird, but also I love the way Deadpool just throws a grenade into it. As you do. And, and goes, good talk, sick burn cable.
1: I was explaining uh, to someone the game Shadow of War yeah. that uh, I've been playing for a while. One of the orcs, like, takes a grenade, puts it in another guy's mouth, pushes him down, keep, keeps his foot on the guy's head until mm-hmm. it's just about mm-hmm. to explode, jumps off, and the dude's head explodes. That's amazing. This is a video game. Yeah. That reminded me of that. That's
3: That's very relevant. Um, cable takes Deadpool to a whole another safe house. I love that's another thing that I love about Cable and Deadpool and all of the Cable Deadpool characters. They always have safe houses. Oh yeah, they're always going there. I remember Cable always used to have like ski villa- villas and he stuff, did. right? Yeah, he used to always have like ski places. Um, so they they go to another safe house where it's all cables. It's like all the different cables from all the different timelines. Again, Scott Koblich steps up to the plate, nails it. You've got Native American Cable, you've got Cable with big hammer, you got Cable in the fantastic four cable robot all sorts of any cable Scroll you cable, Scroll uh, cable Reed
1: richards cable or like Mr. Bird, Fantas- ca- bird cable <sighs> i love um,
3: it it is like my dream yeah and again same here he's saying um he's he's deadpool says why can't we just whack one of these other cables and serve up that guy's heart to strife because strife wants cable's heart cable says we don't destroy timelines we mend them so consistent mission statement they go to meet Another Cable, who is the oldest Cable imaginable. He is riding through the end of time on a Viking ship in his bed. Basically, just he wants to see the end of the universe. He says, I want to see the universe's last light as on my face as I die. Deadpool makes a decision, does something crazy, uh, really messes with Cable, uh, but Cable kind of grins and
1: bears it. And uh, yeah, that's uh that's it for this book Uh, so good good. um i'm very i love everything that's going on in that book all right we've got gene gray number 10 here. Um, this is just like Jean Grey versus the Phoenix. That's mm-hmm. what this issue is. Uh, young Jean with the help of Emma and the Cuckoos, uh, Quentin Quire, and Ghost Jean. Uh, it's written by Dennis Hopeless. Art by uh, Alberto Albuquerque. Colors by J. David Ramos. I like how you said that. Yeah, it was a little bit, I was
3: like coming I was like, this is a hard word for my tongue. It sounded like instead of saying Albuquerque, you were saying Albuquerque,
1: Ooh. which is a cool nickname for someone. Yeah, totally. Uh, but it's Jean versus the Phoenix, and it it is literally, literally, an unwinnable fight. Uh, but it is a great battle. There's really cool moments. Gene lassoing a TK lasso around the Phoenix, uh, trying to ride it, and it's just brutal, brutal, brutal. But this leads us right into Phoenix Resurrection. Yeah, very cool. This is a very much like here you go. Yep. It's been a great setup for that series. Yep.
5: Uh, so next up is Royals number twelve. Uh, whoops. Writing, uh, written by Al Ewing. No, that's um, fair.
1: That's writing
3: by. Yeah, writing, writing and by, written by. Writing and written by. Yeah.
5: I got this. <laughs> uh, pencils by Kevin LeBrandon Javier Rodriguez Oof. and inks by also Kevin LeBrandon Alvaro Lopez and colors by Jose Villarubia and Jordi Belaire.
4: Yeah.
5: And this is kind of the last issue of Royals and... It's not kind of
3: like the
1: last issue of Royals, Maggie.
5: It, it is. is. the last issue yes. of Royals. You know, like,
1: <laughs> a lot of people have a, have different opinions about the Inhumans and, you know, who they are and where they are, what they like, blah, blah, blah. But between the Inhumans book by Christopher Priest and Phil Noto mm. and this book, it has been some of my – probably – no. It has been my favorite Inhumans comics ever. And Black Bolt. And forget oh, Black, Bolt. Black Bolt. Yeah. Oh, right. Solid and a This book – I just ward. Oh man. Yep. Yeah. Oh man. Sorry. Continue. No,
5: I actually am a fan of the Inhumans. That I I liked their comics for a long time. And so this has been really interesting to read. And here they, they end up trusting Maximus to mm. take this um,
3: traditionally always a good move.
5: <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure why they would do that, but
3: they don't really have any other choice. Yeah. They're at the end of their rope in, uh, in this one.
5: They're in the middle of space trying to figure out a way back to Earth. And Maximus takes uh, the prim- primogen, which is like the terigen greater Race Terrigen. to the next level, yeah. yeah. Exactly. And he finds out terigen on
1: Terrigen. Yeah, Terrigen with a little HGH <laughs> in there. Whoa. You know, there's weird there? commercials for human growth hormone on what? television. And I'm just like... When, is like it? late at night? No, oh, in the middle. Right. Of, like <laughs> New York One, our local station is just like, and there's this lady's like, "I want to feel better and younger. Take mm-hmm. human growth hormone." I'm like, "Wow, here we are." Okay, cool. Here we are in 2017.
5: Yeah, that sounds like the beginnings to a, a book where we get super villains. Yeah. yeah. Um. So Maximus. Actually, get some useful information out of this. The rest is so spoilery. I don't really want to say anything, but yeah, it's a tough
1: one. To yeah, it's summarize. a tough one. It's beautiful art. Really beautiful. That you know, between Lebranda and Rodriguez, back and forth between because you've got the like the current stuff in the present day with the remaining uh, Inhumans, and you've got the future stuff with the last few Inhumans, and then the progenitors. Uh, Lebranda actually designs the Commander class progenitor, which yes. is tied to uh, like. There's so many gnarly, wild designs and the beautiful colors in this book it's it's a trip it's a like a mind screw yeah. i love it
5: yeah just everything happening five thousand years in the future is crazy and we get a lot of the answers that these this series has been leading up to but no matter what maximus sees medusa says i don't care we're going to keep fighting and take the fight to the progenitors yeah and that sets up the next series yeah she has
1: the a badass moment right at the end and that's going to be continued in Inhumans Judgment Day yep should be yep. very exciting another Inhumans book
3: that we neglected to mention Secret Warriors number 10 written by our pal Matthew Rosenberg art by Javier Garon with Will Robeson colors by Israel Silva uh, they're still fighting Mr. Sinister who S- you know S- still getting guy. up to dr- drama with him now we had they returned a bunch of kids who Sinister had kidnapped and Sinister basically wired those kids to become WMDs, which is not a good thing, so now they're trying to figure out how they do this. Also, Inferno has a reunion with all his buddies in New Adalan who are all pissed at him because he left during Secret Empire and didn't come back to save them. Karnak is being very problematic for Uhura and the Inelux uh, community. Inferno and Magic also pay a visit to Inelux and bother Uhura some more uh, and give Karnak a hard time as well. Back in the medical ward of New Adelan, we've got the rest of the team seen to these kids they're trying to make something happen uh, inferno is really disappointed by everything that happens so in response quake and him go to a little place called the Bone, bone Zone. zone. Um, they have fun with that as as they would. Miss Marvel's not happy. We got a little bit of a love triangle going on. We got some
1: stuff going on with Devil Dinosaur. Uh, Karnak's son, Lear, is around and he's a weird kid. In my notes, I wrote, Lear is living my best life. Yeah. Because he's just hanging out, eating junk food, and playing with Devil Dinosaur.
3: Yeah. And also, for some reason, Inferno decides to uh, destroy the
1: Inhuman's throne. So, all sorts of crazy stuff. He's a stuff little going perturbed on. at people. Yes. All right. We've got She Hulk. Number 160, written by oh, Mariko boy. Tamaki, art by Genoi Lindsay, colors by Federico Blee. Uh, and this is, you know, like, we've had this character, Robin, who's shown up in the last, past couple issues. I love this character. She's great. Great character. She's this creepo super fan. Uh, and she is basically saying, like, I love the Hulk. I love the Hulk. And really, she just wants to be the Hulk. Mm-hmm. And it's like this creepy sort of, you know, f- It's taking the fan story that you know in a a different way in a superhero book, which we don't see too often. uh, This obsessed fan actually getting a chance to meet the person that they're obsessed with, and then what do they do? Uh, It's like, oh, it's awful. But really, at the end of the day, the most awful is the leader. Mm -hmm. He is a d bag, and he sets everything in motion. Uh, We get to see terrible stuff happen for Jen, and by the end, terrible stuff happen for everyone.
5: Uh, Next up is Star Wars number 40. I feel like there's something important about this issue today. Yeah? Tell us. I don't know. I feel like there's a movie coming out. Oh, one of the films. Yeah. La Pelicula. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Um, And, oh, so written by uh, Kieran.
1: Kieran Gillen, who I saw before we came in to record, has seen the film and said he gave it an A plus and that – his brain was too broken to Form any more thoughts when you when you started that sentence yes. way back a couple seconds ago? Yeah,
3: um, I thought you said we were saying I saw Karen Gillen right before we came in here to record. Like he's just want because today is our office uh, holiday party. Yeah, people are eating
1: cake and yeah. stuff
3: out there. Yeah, and there are creators here. I didn't know if maybe Karen had flown over from England to partake in some holiday party fun, but he, he did uh, not. No, we it, did see Chris Claremont. Alas, we did see Chris Claremont. He's here. I bet Peter David's here somewhere. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully
1: yeah. continue
5: no well thanks that's cool to know um <laughs> I mean, I would have liked to know his opinion uh so art by Salvador Laroca and colors by Guru EFX uh, so as uh the series has been and picks up at in the aftermath of what happened in Jeddah side note Rogue one is actually my favorite Star Wars movie, wow. um, so she
3: said that multiple times today. <laughs>
5: So it's been very, it's been a heartbreaking day for me. We you know it's
3: hard for you, Maggie.
5: It is when my favorite characters don't get to come back. Um,
3: she said that about eight times so far. Yep, too. they I died, died. <laughs> for the good of the cause.
1: They had to die. They had to die.
5: Doesn't mean it doesn't break my heart. Fact.
1: Um, Guys, I still haven't
3: seen Rogue One.
5: What? It's on Netflix. <laughs> I know. It's been out for a year. I
3: know. I have a kid.
5: In any case, they're kind of trying to. Uh, Stop this mine uh, that had been dropped by the Empire on uh, Jeddah to recover the last of the Kyber crystals, and we get to see some of Sagrera's partisans in action. They are not as kind as Luke, for instance, is. Um, and there's just a great moment here where Luke actually uh, talks to some of the leftover, you know, civilians who kind of like it really trust in the force. They're not disciples of the force. They're not Jedi uh, trainees, but they still really keep the faith. And he says there's a temple nearby and they have to, uh, and Luke wants to follow them, see what this temple is all about. And he has a great moment with Leia where she's like, how can you be so irresponsible? And she's just like, you can be a dreamer, but I have duty. And I thought it was a great moment for her. And she's one of my absolute favorite characters ever. Uh, So I'm really glad this comic has been giving her the ability to shine. And so Luke does follow them to the temple no matter what uh, Leia says. And they run into some trouble there.
1: Yes. Uh, one last thing on this one. Salvador La Roca is another lunatic. He draws this thing called a Leviathan, which is this massive ship, and it's so detailed yes. in what he puts on the page, mm-hmm. and yet he is a very fast penciler. Yep. I, he's, a, he's a master. Last, but by
3: no means least, we've got X-Men Blue, number 17, part 2 of cross time capers we have got x-men 2099 in the house we've got bloodhawk we've got metalhead we've got mean streak we've got crystalline we've got cerebra we've got La Lunatica, everybody. They're all in the house. Uh, it's written by Colin Bunn, art by RB Silva, inks by Andriano Di Benedetto, and colors by Rain Barreto. Just a great, awesome, in-the-future adventure with the X-Men interacting with the X-Men 2099, some crazy stuff going on with Alchemax, everything that I love from when I was an X-Men 2099 fan back in the day. Uh, the kids are still sliding through the time stream. There are still problems, and there are still things they need to solve. Yes, I saw that Punisher 219 is on the list as you guys may recall last week i accidentally read punisher 219 so i think i've already like filed it away at home but it came out this week yeah i'm going to issue a personal apology to matt rosenberg that we didn't cover it if you guys remember what happened then go for
1: it uh well i i do there's uh, notes i have finally your notes are paying off i take notes bro so great yeah, I love Frank's commitment to the skull mm-hmm. in this. because So he, he steals his war machine armor. He goes to this other country in the, from between when he steals the armor to when he lands in the other country. He has painted his skull mm-hmm. on the armor. Mm-hmm. He's also wearing a shirt with the skull. So when he steps out of the armor, he's still branding. He is yeah. on it. So, all, all about like, He knows to make an impression it's fantastic um there's a great moment where he's like this thing the weapons aren't working and there's a an an old soldier there uh who he's sort of aligned with he's like did you take off the safety and frank's like no this doesn't have safeties and he's like try it and takes off the safety He's like so it goes great it was a really funny moment um there's exploding heads decapitations uh there's a really weird bit where you see an upside down shield logo mm. on like these uniforms and i'm like that's a cool little thing uh but it's it's great the art is beautiful we don't have the the creators listed in front of us yeah. unfortunately because we don't have the book in front of us yeah but it's uh, okay
3: guys that's on me and i own this
1: you do. You I have the it. copy at home. You own yeah, that copy I own the at copy home. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So that's
3: it for the books this week. Wow. What a collection of books we talked about this week.
1: Now it is time for collections on sale this week. We've got a pl- Ooh, gosh, so many. All right. Amazing Spider Man, The Clone Conspiracy. Champions, Volume 2, The Freelancer Lifestyle, Dark Avengers by Brian Michael Bendis, The Complete Collection, Defenders, Volume 1, Diamonds Off Forever. I like that. That's a really good I title. I like that title. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 4 in hardcover, Marvel Cinematic Universe Guidebook, The Good, The Bad, The Guardians hardcover. Nice. I don't know what that is, but I I have all no on. idea. It sounds great. Marvel Masterworks, The Fantastic Four, Volume 19 in hardcover, Ms. Marvel, Volume 8, Mecha, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, Volume 1, Into the Twilight, Rocket Volume 1, The Blue River Score. Runaways Volume 6, Parental Guidance. Thor by Jason Aaron and Russell Dodderman Volume 2. And X Men Phoenix, End Song. Oh, it's good to see a new collection of End Song. Yeah, I know it's great. Pr- land. It's
3: very appropriate as uh, Phoenix Resurrection is going to be coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Of course, there's movie news on Phoenix. So there's lots of Phoenix. In the ether.
2: Indeed, S- Rooney. Speaking yeah. of ex- uh, of end Song, one of our writers for Marvel.com, Steffi Feldman, she just recently did a two-part History of the Phoenix yep. series. A great um, job. There's a lot of talk about end Song in there, um, a lot of really crazy Jean Grey dying stories that we recovered in anticipation of Phoenix Resurrection. Go check it out. On Marvel.com? On Marvel.com.
1: Great. Dot
3: com. Cool. Digital comics on sale this week. We've got Black Panther, Long Live the King. Number one, this is, I believe, a digital-only series. Yeah, so check that one out. Also on the Marvel app this week, Avengers West Coast, 10 through 14, as well as in issue 16, Fury Peacemaker, number 1 through 6, Silver Surfer 1 through 18, and X-Men from the 1991 volume, 108 through 109. Digital collections on the app this week. We've got Atlas Era Tales of Suspense Masterworks Volume 2, Avengers West Coast Avengers Sins of the Past, Fantastic Four by Mark Waid and Mike Waringo, Ultimate Collection Book, 4, Fantastic Four Masterworks Volume 19, Invaders Now and Iron Man Revenge of the Mandarin
2: Freshly digitized comics on Marvel Unlimited, sit back folks and get comfortable, this is a long list, here we go All new Guardians of the Galaxy number 3 Avengers number 8, Black Bolt number 2, Bullseye number 5 Champions number 9, Daredevil number 21 Darth Vader number 1 Doctor Strange, number 20, Hawkeye, number seven, Iceman, number one, Iron Fist, number four, Jessica Jones, number nine, Marvel Adventures Superheroes, number 10 and 17, 18 and 19, Marvel Universe Ultimate Spider-Man versus the Sinister Six, number 10, New Mutants, number 41 to 45, 47 to 50, Nova, number seven, Rocket Number Two, Secret Empire, Brave New World Number One, Spider-Man Number Seventeen, Spider-Man Deadpool Number Eighteen, Star Wars Rogue One Adaptation Number Three, The Amazing Spider-Man Number Twenty-Eight, The Unstoppable Wasp Number Six, Venom Funeral Pyre Number One, Two, Three, Venom Sinner Takes All One Through Five, Venom The Madness One Through Three, Wolverine Bloodlust Number One, Wolverine Reign of Terra. Uh, number one, Wolverine the Jungle Adventure number one, X-Men Gold number five, and Zombies Assemble number two. Way to go, Tucker. <sighs> yeah. Nice job. Those <sighs>
1: Wolverines were all prestige format one-shots. Yes, exactly. I remember because mm-hmm. I still have them all. Oversized? No, they were regular size. Okay. They, they're like a trade paperback but without being more than 40 pages. That's or cool. Good stuff. All right. Where are we going now? News, news,
3: I believe. News. And that's me talking to Jerry Duggan about Infinity Countdown.
0: From Marvel headquarters, it's this week in Marvel News.
3: All right, I am here with Jerry Duggan, writer of Despicable Deadpool, writer of Guardians of the Galaxy, and soon to be writer of Infinity Countdown. Jerry, welcome back to the show.
4: Hey, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
3: So real quick, get us up to speed on what's been going on in Guardians and how it all leads into this crazy infinity countdown event.
4: Well, uh, Guardians readers know that um, some of the um, sort of uh, gods and elders of the Marvel Universe know that uh, things are different and they don't quite know why. Uh, And one um, immediate example of of this uh, uh, are how the stones are, are different now and Uh, The first example that we have of that is the Power Stone seems to be quite large, Um, much larger than we've ever seen. Uh, The Infinity Gems uh, in the Marvel Universe are seemingly uncut stones, and uh, we don't quite know why Uh, that's driving some people crazy. The Guardians uh, and the Nova Corps uh, found this uh, large Power Stone, which was actually so large, it's uh, keeping... Um, this planetoid uh, stationary in space. It's not orbiting the star that uh, it should be. And uh, they were hoping to try and keep it a secret, uh, but in Infinity Countdown, the secret gets out.
3: So we're going to see the Guardians, obviously, in Infinity Countdown, but what other characters are in the mix as far as everyone starts looking for these stones?
4: Well, um, you know, the the other stone that has been revealed uh, so far uh, is in the hands of... Um, Logan. And so it's safe to assume that, uh, he will, uh, he will turn up. We have a, um, a big 30 pager drawn uh, by Mike Diodato. Oh my gosh. These pages are just so incredible. And, uh, that, that kicks it all off. Um, every stone will be revealed, uh, in that issue. Uh, some of the stones will be, uh, in, um, different places. They'll all be in new hands. And uh, we'll, we'll find out uh, who is after them and why, and what they hope to accomplish with them. Uh, you know, some of the players uh, you know that we've seen. We'll see Loki again. Uh, we'll see some of our uh, cosmic uh, big bads, and then look—the fun part of this is uh, sort of um, not bringing the stones to Earth necessarily, but putting them into mortal hands, and what does that mean for? Uh, the the people that wield them, and and so uh, you know, yes, uh, I'm I'm starting down the event path, um, but yes, I, I hope to make sure that all of these stories, um, you know, are are not just big, but I think really fun. Yeah, uh, I I I think that's um, you know, that's always been the 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 mantra, and uh, you know, this is turning out to be a, a real hoot. I mean. You know, we have Diodato, we have uh, Cooter, we have Allred. It's a murderer's row of, of our lineup on the stuff that's coming coming your way. Also in February, uh, from Allred, we have the uh, 30-page Adam Warlock special. That, um, you know, 150 returns Adam Warlock. And one, uh, you know, the, the, the one thing that I wanted to do that we needed more space to do is to sort of reestablish who Warlock is. And uh, I, I think this issue does that uh, very nicely. Um, Allred's just a genius, and uh, it that moves the story forward in some very fun and unexpected ways. I think.
3: Cool, Jay. I want to wrap up just by saying, you know, you've been doing Guardians for what a little over a year now.
4: Yeah, that's right.
3: So you've immersed yourself in the cosmic universe to some extent as you go into Infinity Countdown, which is an even bigger cosmic project. What have you learned about kind of the cosmic side of the Marvel Universe and what have you embraced and enjoyed about this kind of unique element of the Marvel Cosmos?
4: You know, um, I inherited uh, Guardians at at such a great time. You know, I I took the book over from Bendis and we had the the movies on the big screen and, uh, you know, I, I just asked myself, well, I, I don't want to play the hits here. What what can I do that is different that you can only uh, see in, in the pages of the comics? And uh, I, I think we've been setting up the story and now we're ready to really knock that down. This, you know, the stones, uh, you know, they, they can be dumb locks, right? It, it, right. It, the point is, what is what is it to show us and tell us about these uh, pictures that we all love so much? And and that's really been it—is to sort of look at a character like Adam Warlock and and to sort of uh, redefine him as the perfected son of man. You know, moving away from um, maybe some of the more religious overtones that the the character had. And you know, look—he maybe is our first true AI in the Marvel Universe that was a benevolent son of man. I, I will say, I found a really interesting villain to. Uh, square him up against uh, you'll see who that is and in Infinity Countdown you know he's typically had a, a dark reflection of, of himself called Amagus. Um but but he you know I think we're finding new ways to, to fall in love with these characters and I, I know I am uh, you know I, I, I get to write this stuff twice I write it once for, for myself and then when the art comes back I, I get to write it again. And uh, that that's really where I think the magic happens. These artists, you know, Mike Allred is the biggest fan of Adam Warlock in the world. That's awesome. And, uh, yeah. And I, and I think too, the the cool thing, you know, the, the one motif of playing with more than anything else is really about change. And, you know, that's what I think all, all great stories are. You know, what changes, how your characters change. And sometimes that can be tricky in, in comic books. Because you, you, you can't blow up the status quo um, every month, necessarily. But uh, this feels like the stories that are happening in Infinity Countdown and the story that follows it, um, which I know I'm not allowed to talk about yet, really do embrace change uh, in, in a in a. In a in meaningful way in a transformative way so it'll be a lot of fun uh you know for readers i'm not sure it'll be too much fun for the characters huh. um it never is certainly some of them will have fun but uh not all of them will cool thanks so much for joining us jerry hey thank you so much uh, i'm really excited thanks again on the West Coast, Eric, and Chris is on the West Coast,
5: baby.
6: Hello, this week in Marvel. This is Assistant Editor Christine Den, joined by
0: Editor Eric Goldman.
6: And we're heading straight into the holidays.
0: But but happy new Star Wars week, Christine. <laughs>
6: Yes, that that is correct. I, I'm like in such a daze. I was like, oh, no. Did I already confuse the, the wrong day or coast again? <laughs> it's very
0: sad. <laughs> but you know what's
6: not sad? The, the fact, world of Marvel.
0: The world of Marvel. And uh, the fact that Marvel's The Punisher has been renewed for season two. Uh, so if you're a fan of that series, and you should be, it will be back for more. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, It's available now on Netflix, all 13 episodes of season one.
6: Yes. Also in the world of Netflix and just binging. Yep. This past weekend, while we were all at PSX, we announced that Marvel's Jessica Jones got its release date. We released a little snippet of what you can expect from season two. Mm -hmm. Some new faces, but the main thing is Jessica's back. Yep. March 8th. But also in the world of Jessica Jones, another familiar face. Yes. Marvel's Luke Cage. Um, (laughs) The complete first season is now available on Blu-ray. And
0: there's some cool special features on it. I'm like, I'm a special features guy. Mm -hmm. Like, I've always been. I think that goes with me being, like, super, like, movie TV geek growing up. I always wanted to know, like, how and the why of the making of it. Uh, So there's some cool stuff on this where they talk to the people involved in the making of uh, Marvel's Luke Cage.
6: So we have like a little snippet of this exclusive never before seen back matter and it's uh, the snippet is of Cottonmouth. And you'll see a lot of that for all the characters and Harlem and Mm -hmm. just everything Luke Cage. In the world of Marvel's Runaways, we had a brand new episode this past Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And we saw some crazy banana things. <laughs> yes. Um, we saw that, but you know, Julie McMahon has been there all along. Mm-hmm. But this was his first official debut. Well, yeah, a tease of him last week. Yep, yep. But um, I interviewed him to talk about, you know, Jonah and what Jonah's role was within the Pride um, and his fascination with the Runaways are. So definitely check it out on Marvel.com. And brand new episode next Tuesday. We're going full speed ahead, no mm-hmm. breaks for the holidays. Right, right. So we only have, what, four more episodes left. Right.
0: right. Which is insane. <laughs> it is, that is insane. And then uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s Slingshot, uh, which, you know, came out uh, last year. Or
6: earlier, was it earlier this year? Right? It was this
0: year. Yeah, it was earlier this year. I so I'll blur now. Uh, but that actually got two WGA award nominations. So Writer Child of America gave out their uh, nominations this past week. And it got two nominations in the same category, uh, so which is kind of cool. So two different episodes from that have been nominated. Yeah. Uh, and you can, uh, I think I think you can still check that out online. Mm-hmm. So you, you can sh-
6: watch it on abc.com.
0: And I believe YouTube as well.
6: Yes. So, yeah. And it was a lot about Yo-Yo's back history. Yeah. And what's really awesome is that, you know, like Yo-Yo has made been made a series regular. Yeah. And we have a brand new episode of S.H.I.E.L.D. today, as if you <laughs> listen to it on a Friday. <laughs> right, right. We have one tonight. And, you know, you get to see a lot more of yo-yos powers in action yeah
0: yeah so it's really cool to see that recognized and Joe Casada directed the first episode
6: yeah it's cool
0: stuff there Um, another trailer we had a a pretty busy week when I looked like it Uh, (laughs) another trailer that uh, debuted this past week is for Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse that's the animated film opening Christmas next year so don't get in line now
6: (laughs) it's a year for now amazing it looks
0: really cool and you know it's the first sort of movie version of miles morales and, and
6: it's just like the uh, the background art yeah i'm just like in a i was like the the artists on here are just crushing it it's really cool
0: style like it really helps it stand out you know from other animated movies mm-hmm. and i really like that stylistically about it uh so check out that trailer if you haven't uh and then uh lastly in the sort of a in the world of the ocean, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, Marvel Day at Sea, if you missed it this fall, uh, do not fret. You actually have another chance. January to April, it'll be going uh, out of from Miami. And uh, we've got a couple spotlights you can check out on Marvel.com right now. Some of the stuff you can see if you participate in that, if you go on Marvel Day at Sea, including some of the shows. There's the uh, Doctor Strange Journey into the Mystic Arts show. And the Marvel Heroes Unite show, which kind of has a bunch of heroes yeah. <laughs> all combining. Uh, the Doctor Strange one, too, like, even those pictures, I was like, I
6: want to see that. It's really I cool. I totally to go. Because um, we have colleagues who just recently went last a couple weeks ago. And when they talk about this cruise, I'm just like, I have this fear that I'll be... Like, I, I've never been on a cruise, yeah. but I have a fear that I... Uh, we'll just spend the whole time hurling because I get seasick. Yeah. But I really want to go because everything that's the activities planned and all like the performances from our uh, cast members. Yeah. I just want to see it like
0: it really. Live. It looks really good. I need to get on to one of those at yeah. some point. Um, and then we also have a uh, uh, some character spotlights. Some of the characters you can interact with and meet during the day, including Iron Man, a character you might be familiar with, and then three of the Guardians of the Galaxy: Star Lord, Gamora, Groot. Uh, you can have kind of encounters with all of them uh, as you're as you're moving around the ship, and hopefully not hurling if you're uh, if you're Christine. <laughs> <laughs>
6: Oh, and there was also an awesome TV new TV spot for Black Panther. That's right. That's yeah, that right. That looked uh-huh. amazing. Which is,
0: like, really close now. February's freaking close, you know? <laughs> so. we're
6: days away from 2018. Uh, well, we'll throw it back to our our friends on the East Coast. Have fun, guys. I may the force be with you.
4: Yes. Bye. Stay tuned for more.
1: And we're back. Uh, uh, you know what? Thanks to Tucker for coming in a little bit and helping wow. us out with those uh, the collections and, and digital comics. Unexpected. And stuff. Yeah, just, just came back from wherever he is and just visited for.
3: Just long enough to uh, tell us what collectors are coming out Yeah, it Yeah,
1: didn't mention seeing Star Wars at all. So no, weird. You know, very, very strange weird. young man he is. Yep. Um, but uh, we do want to let you guys know a reminder that this episode is brought to you by Hasbro. Hasbro. All of our holiday episodes this year, all four of them have been uh, special, especially uh, brought to you by Hasbro. And, you know, when, when this came up, I was like, I want to figure out a cool way to talk about the cool things that Hasbro does as mm-hmm. our partner. Mm-hmm. So for this last one, I said, Tell me everything you've done for Marvel in 2017. Then we got nine pages of photos and details about all the cool stuff that Hasbro's has put out this year. They've got these Titan Hero series um, figures. There's a Mega Collection with yep. 11 figures in them, and these things are like 12 inches tall. They're they're huge. It's a good approximation of 12 inches, right, right there visually, you know, like yeah. like this, like here. You guys can't see this, but you no, know, I can see it from the top of your head to like the top the bottom of your toes. That's about 12 inches. Um, and then so you've got 11 figures in there. And these are great for the younger, especially the younger, you know, like Marvel Mag, fans. Like Maggie's Age. Maggie's Age. Right. Even yes. younger. Uh, but you get Ant-Man, younger. Captain America, Black Widow, Thor, Star-Lord, Falcon, Black Panther, Iron Man, Spider-Man, Black Widow. Uh, I already said Black Widow. Uh, Gamora and Groot. All of those in this big pack, but lots of those Titan hero um series figures and i i saw some cool stuff that they're doing with the titan figures for next year right which we'll we'll see uh in the coming year which i think is going to be neat i know it's been a few years now since mm. guardians of the galaxy came out in the
3: theaters but it still blows my mind every time i see like star lord and gamora and groot like lined up next to cap and thor and iron man in a toy line wait till you it's see just, the movie
1: yeah Infinity oh anymore. my
3: god can't even can't yeah.
1: even fathom uh, but speaking of like Guardians of the Galaxy, there was the the Volume Two Dancing Groot figure. Uh, you know, it's got that's eleven and a half inches tall. So what is that? That's like that's like kind of from your toes to your shoulders, True. right? Yeah, I'd say that. That's about how tall that is. Right. Uh, you know, it's batteries and he dances for you. It's really cute. I like it's batteries. Yeah, it's <laughs> the best way to describe <laughs> it's it. It's batteries. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, o- always we have the role playing stuff, which yep. I always find that's like the industry term is mm. here's role playing items, and I'm thinking a completely different thing totally every different. time I say it. Yeah. But you know what? Oh Do my. you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the role playing items they have some for Spider-Man: Homecoming. Mm-hmm. The, the there's a mask. It's really cute. There's gloves. Uh, the gloves, and they've got like the web shooters that yeah. actually shoot a webs. Yeah. It it, it says. Spidey shot web fluid. Yeah. Totally safe. You guys can, yep. you
3: know. It'll dissolve after an hour. Will it? Nope. I don't know. No, it doesn't say that. I don't know. Don't believe me. I'm just saying the rules of, you know, regular Spider-Man.
5: You can also get refills of this Spidey shot fluid in yeah. case you run out.
1: Very good. Uh, there's a Spider-Man Homecoming rapid reload blaster, which is a different kind of, you know, role play toy. Uh, the, I love what they do with the Thor hammers. Mm. There's like different levels of them. Uh, there's this sort of easy to pick up for anybody level, the Thor Ragnarok Thor Rumble Strike Hammer. Mm. Uh, and it, you know, it it's got rumbles and makes the thunder and all that good stuff. Uh, it, it's cute. And that's only like 20 bucks. Good stuff. We're still, we haven't finished the holidays yet. If you mm. need a toy for someone, that Rumble Thunder Strike Hammer is going to be. Yeah, choice. It yep. does
5: not make lightning, though, just FYI. No. It makes thunder.
1: Good point. Fair yes. enough. Good point. Very down. There's, there's a there's Hulk out mask, which has like uh, face and eyebrows that move, uh, mouth and eyebrows that move. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you want a Hulk face that does some movement, that's your choice. That's called the Marvel Thor Ragnarok Hulk out mask. That's $20 as well. Uh, of course, there's the new version of. The Hulk hands clown. yeah. Now they're called the um, Marvel Thor Ragnarok Hulk Smash FX fists mm. uh, for the pair of those. Uh, you can you know move them up and down, and they smash. They make noises. They're great. They're styled like Thor, like Hulk's in the uh, in the film. Uh, there's also the Marvel Spider-Man Mega City playset, mm. um, which is. That like they do these playsets for a bunch of characters. It's a little bit more for like the younger um, fans, like Maggie's age. Yeah, four years and up. Uh, So precisely Maggie's age. As you can tell, we don't really know time or or like size very well. Yeah, this is four feet
5: tall. How how big is that, Ryan?
1: Wait, is this really four feet tall? Yeah, holy Holy free holies. I went for holy's. You yeah, went bananas. It is. That's fine. Both worked. Uh, yeah, it's got 20 features and five level four feet. So when I was a kid, and Evil Brandon, you may know about this. I don't know if you were a GI Joe guy. Uh, the USS Flag was this massive. Why do you
3: immediately go to Evil Producer Brandon? Would that not ask me? I is I. We're like the same age. you're you're a little older than me, slightly, like quite a few years. But um, were you a GI Joe guy? Yeah, of course I was. Did you have the flag? No, I always wanted the flag. I never had it. Yeah, the flag was the cool. Not my friend Matt did. He had everything. Ugh, friggin' Matt. Ugh, Matt. I hate Matt. T- typical Matt.
1: Anyway, I bet Matt even has the Spider-Man Mega City playset. Maybe. Uh, and this and all those are available on HasbroToyShop.com. Plus, all the stuff with like the Legends we talked about. Mm. Remind me, guys. Uh, Ryan Ting, our friend from Hasbro, sent me a box of the Retro Marvel Legends oh. figures. So lucky. <laughs> I was gonna share them with. The team. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe next year we can figure out how to do giveaways on This Week in Marvel and then actually figure out some giveaways for uh, you guys listening because we're starting to do that on Thwip the Big Marvel Show. So we should super duper do it on This Week in Marvel because I get a lot of stuff and I would like to share it with more people.
4: Right. Aw. That's that. T-W-I-M-U-R-C. T-W-I-M-U-R-C.
3: All right. Thank you to Hasbro, who is also the sponsor of our This Week in Marvel Unlimited Reading Club. We've done holidays through the years. We've done some great holiday stories, and we finished up this time with a couple of holiday uh, anthologies, ones that Ryan and I contributed yeah, to. Yeah, I, I
1: figured it would be good to bring in some superstar creators mm, to help talk yes, about exactly. The um, and then we're already here. Yeah. So uh, do Works we want to do... We'll do that one first. That's actually special number one. Yeah. Um, so there are a number of stories in this issue. Um, let's see. I, you know, I was thinking about this as I was going through it. I remember putting this together in the old corner office. Right. Where we used to s- sit in the previous building. Mm-hmm. There were seven of us yep. in an office. Yep. It was me, you, Ben, Harry Goh, John Cirilli. Um, Margarita Weissman. Margarita Weissman. There were two intern spots. Yep. How many is that? That's Stopped mathing. Anyway, that's like six. Uh, <laughs> and then we, we had a swing. There were so many people packed into that room, but I remember Harry was really like the lead on the mm-hmm. digital comic stuff. Yep. He and John putting this together. Uh, and it's great. We have a bunch of stories in here. The first one is an X Men story by Jim McCann, Todd Nock, and Chris Sotomayor. Uh, that was really sweet it's the X-Men in San Francisco Mm -hmm. Uh, it's like I also like that it like you get a very deep sense of when and where this took place because you have Storm talking about well she's normally in Wakanda so that places her and where she was in her life Um, they're centered the story itself is centered around Kitty's loss. Yeah, Kitty not being Kitty not there. being around because of the events of astonishing X Men back in the day. Yeah, she was traveling through space in a giant uh, bullet. Giant bullet. Yeah, as you do. Yeah, as These one happen. just happens to do. Sure. Uh, so that was a great story. Uh, the best story by far is called Last Christmas. I agree. Written by Ryan Panagos, art by Wando. Our buddy Wando. Yeah,
3: sweetheart. It was. It's a good story. I reread it and it's. Uh, it's about a Skrull who gets stranded on Earth, basically has to live here despite the secret invasion. It's a twisted holiday tale. Um, it is very dark. Um, it really made me question the writer and uh, his motivations. Um, but it's He doesn't very, like Christmas. No, not He doesn't at all. care for the holidays. No, no, but it was very good,
1: uh, beautifully drawn
3: by Wando, great story.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've known Wando for years. years. We were friends with him, so I was really thankful to have him help out with this. Um, it's a very short story probably mm-hmm. the only thing I'll ever write for comics but I was I'm proud of it I'm happy with very it Good. and this it's named after a friggin wham song so yeah. deal with that rest of the world yeah. how many of you have a story published in a Marvel comic that's named after a wham song nobody 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 has one uh, but I do and yeah. I'm very happy then we've got another incredible story Werewolf by Eve yes written by Mr. Ben Morse yes art by Stephanie Buscema and the uh, it's a, granddaughter
3: of John Musema.
1: yeah it was she, hon-
3: It was an honor to work with her she's she terrific too. Yeah, she's, she's great got a, such a cool style got the original art at home um, she sold it to my wife who surprised me for I think Christmas appropriately enough um, but I basically I just wanted to do a gag story it's a one page gag with werewolf by night um, you've I can literally describe it all right now. It's Jack Russell in human form standing around with his family at Christmas. Then a panel of him turning into a werewolf, destroying everything. And then a panel of him the next morning with his family, all mad at him and him just
1: shrugging and going,
3: eh yeah well it's a Christmas werewolf. Eve
1: Christmas night yep. Christmas morning
3: yeah it's great Sad. so it's, Werewolf by Eve yeah. a true yeah. holiday classic
1: yes it, it'll be in the annals of holiday mm-hmm. stories forever um, and then finally the last one in this issue was Santa Claus versus the Illuminati exactly written what by it sounds like. uh, Brian Reed who works yeah, yeah who works on um, video games now yep. I think he's he's in Seattle so I believe he works at Microsoft or on 343 50
3: issues of Miss Marvel heck yeah he is
1: very instrumental in getting Carol Danvers to where she is today absolutely Um, so Brian Reed wonderful follow him on Twitter he's great very funny Uh, Val Semix on pencils Mark Irwin inks Andrew Crossley on colors Uh, it's and it's a very funny story very funny again setting it very much in like what was going on at the time so you've got the illuminati who you know they're the people the the superheroes who were behind the scenes of so many things uh but there's a lot of great namor moments in here namor is just brian writes a very pithy namor but santa claus getting the infinity gauntlet is all you need to know if you haven't read this story yet yep it is wonderful Moving on to the next holiday special. Yeah, I'm pulling it up on my Marvel Unlimited uh, device here. We've got the first story is a Marvel Divas story. Mm, yeah, very uh, cool. Yeah, written by Abby Denson, who uh, she does a bunch of indie comics and mm-hmm. some cool books. Uh, a great series called Tough Love. Uh, Sarah Pichelli, yeah. early Sarah Early Pichelli. Sarah Pichelli stuff. Yeah, which is really nice to see. Um, and then we've got Emily Warren on colors. The uh, – Marvel Divas was a great book. Yeah. I know the title has never sat well with me. I've just been, it's a weird title. Yeah. But the book was really good. Mm -hmm. uh, And this is sort of the the aftermath of that.
3: I remember Jim McCann, Mm. who you may remember from the uh, X-Men story with Todd Nock from last special. I do. Came to me one day and was very upset because they were calling the book Marvel Divas. And he said it was supposed to be called Marvel Vixens. And it, I don't think that's any better. <laughs> <But> certainly <laughs> not better. I say to Jim? He was like, "He's like, oh, no one's going to take it seriously now if they had just called it Marvel Vixens like they were supposed to." That's a terrible Jim McCann impression. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I was just kind of like, "Yeah, you got it, Jim." If they had just called it Marvel
1: Vixens, I I never knew that. Yeah. Jim, what is your deal? I, I love Jim. Jim yeah, is one of the, yeah. my favorite people, and it was instrumental in getting both of us yeah, here. Of really. But uh,
3: yeah, completely blind spot there.
1: Uh, he's a goofball. But uh, Firestar had battled cancer and this was her sort of coming Comeback. back to being a superhero, being in her reality and dealing with life. And it's a very poignant story. Really, really well done. Uh, we have a next story is Merry Freakin' Christmas written by Fred Van Lente. Mm. Art by Sanford Green and yes. Nathan uh, Massingill, colors by Jean Rock. And it's Deadpool versus Santa Claus. Good stuff. It's really great. There's a, a fun little Easter egg in here because the person who hires Deadpool is called uh, Ra- uh, Rass Banken, yep. who... If you know your animation, yep. you know holiday specials and stuff, Rankin and Bass mm-hmm. is uh, behind so many of the Frosty classic. and Rudolph and all those classic yep. cartoons. Um, even like they were part of the production for the Ralph Bakshi, Lord of the Rings oh, cool. uh, animated films and all, all kinds of cool stuff. I so, did not know that. Yeah. Was, it, it was really neat. Like just a, a weird little uh, Easter egg in there. A lot of fun and nice to see early Sanford Green art uh, or at least. You know, I, mean, I guess this is 10 years ago, so early Really, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but great to Sanford's art. And Fred writes very funny, very twisted story here. Finally, the last uh, story in this book is uh, Fantastic Four in Rock of Ages, written yes, by- Yes, great title. Stanley. Yeah. Art by Nick Dragoda. Yeah. And uh, Nick- Does such a great job. He channels Jack Kirby perfectly, but also gives it his own flair. Very modern, very jam packed with detail and stuff. Uh, Really, really good. Uh, Ben, you know, like talking about celebrating Hanukkah And and
3: giving. Not me.
1: No, correct. But you could, too. I could. You're familiar with Hanukkah. I am a former Jew. Yeah. Uh, And sort of talking about, hey, everybody's dealing with Christmas. Well, I want to go to – he he actually gives lessons and talking about, uh, you know, that you could actually call um, – he's like – there's one part in here talking about calling synagogue a yes shul, shul yeah. and whatnot shul is yep. like you could you know you can pronounce hanukkah or you could or spell it these different ways Shul also my mother-in-law's mother's maiden name um, fun, fun <laughs> fact okay yeah congratulations there you go uh but there's a the great story in here it breaks the fourth wall it it it's quirky and silly but also touching and great where the Fantastic Four have to deal with some people who are not good not good uh, not supervillains but really like kind of worse in a lot of ways and it's it works it's, it's great it's a uh, and then my favorite part is Ben's gift that he gets once again Ben Grimm not me is an original piece of Jack Kirby art
3: yeah it's very cool yeah cool so that's what we had to say about the holiday stories we read this time around let's see what you guys had to say starting with Joshua Cooper Commander Socket um, says wait does this werewolf by night comic say by Ben Morse excited for this holiday special as you should be um, elves with assault rifles must be a Deadpool comic Kringle may be in my top best sound effects in Marvel history that's Absolutely. that is a good one great sound effect and finally, having a twin URC where Ben Grimm gets an original Kirby for Hanukkah may be one of my favorite ways
1: yet to celebrate Kirby 100. Truly, it's it's great. Penelope Cat says um, that both of these holiday specials were new to him. Issue one of stories by. Ryan and Ben. Also some stories by some other guys. Uh, the story by Agent M, Penelope Cat says, is I think tied into Secret Invasion. It's mm-hmm. pretty dark for a holiday tale, but that's in keeping with the tradition of Christmas ghost stories. Yes. Not every holiday story is merry and bright. Yes, it was very much in keeping with those classic Christmas ghost stories that you were uh,
3: modeling it after. Yes. Uh,
1: and yes, this was definitely connected to Secret Invasion and Annihilation. Mm. I, I was able to tie in because I love both of those stories. Yes. Penelope Cat says okay Ben he says even a Christmas carol while ultimately redemptive gets pretty dark in a lot of places so while this is darker than a lot of the other holiday tales we've read except for maybe Kitty's Adventure it's Mm -hmm. not out of place I don't think there you go given all the discussion about the role of faith slash belief in Christmas and other holidays I found it interesting that this story focuses so much on the scroll's faith as a motivation which was such an important part of Secret Invasion and I thought that was really something that had to be reflected there in this one scroll he was you know he was doing it Because of his faith. yep. Um, He says, Wando's art was really moody and expressive. He kind of reminds me of Mike Del Mundo, but with his own distinct style. I can see that. Yeah. I will say, Wando's been doing this a very long Long time. time. Longer than anyone really even knows. Right. Uh, He's a master. Werewolf by Eve by Ben Morse is a little gem. Mm. Proof that you don't need two or more two or more pages to ex- <laughs> achieve comic greatness when one will do. And a script really makes Stephanie Buscema's art shine.
3: Her art made her art shine. It did not need my
1: script, believe <laughs> me. Penelope Cat says, this story does so much with so little. Mm. It's like a holiday haiku, except without all the rules that haikus require.
3: I should put that... On my business card. Totally. Yeah.
1: Of course, even headlined by Jack Russell, Werewolf by Night, a one-page story is still only one page, so there's room for Marvel to showcase some other characters in this special, including those X-Men guys by Jim McCann and Todd Nock. Well, obviously not the star of the issue, the obviously. X-Men story does a nice job focusing on the family aspect of the X-Men, particularly the fact that some of those family members aren't there for the holidays. Of course, they're all back now. True. Which is true. But there's different ones missing. Yeah. There's it's always... the X-Men? That's the X-Men. Uh oh. Penelope Cat says, I lost my own dad a week before Christmas, so I get that the holidays can be festive and melancholy at the same time. While McCann is no pinago, so Morse. True. He captures this feeling just fine. I partly kid. McCann's Return of the Dapperman is a favorite of Penelope Cat's. Return of the Dapperman is terrific. Absolutely. So much more from Penelope Cat. He says, I don't know if I have much to say about Santa Claus versus Illuminati, but really, it's a story about Santa Claus wielding the Infinity Gauntlet. Is there anything more that needs to be said that isn't just extra words? It's so true, though. In issue two, Holiday Heat is more of a New Year's story than Christmas, maybe, because it's more about a new beginning for Firestar than anything else. I hadn't actually known she was a cancer survivor. I'm not as familiar with Abby Denson as a writer as I am with Sarah Bakelli as an artist. The art, of course, is great, but the story is nicely emotional. And he says, I do kind of miss Black Cat being a good guy, though. Mm. Penelope Cat is not a big Deadpool fan, but if you're going to tell a Deadpool versus Santa story, I can't imagine it would get any better than this. And he says, "Finally, since I guess Panagos and Morse weren't available for this issue, sounds like a great law firm or something." Yeah. Mm. Marvel had space for B-list writer Stan Lee's Hanukkah tale of (laughs) the Fantastic Four. Uh, He says, again, I kid, Stan Lee writing a new Fantastic Four story is a real treat. Having it focus on Hanukkah helps this to be a holiday special, not just a Christmas special. And the art captures the spirit of early FF stories without aping that period's art. I particularly like Lee's script here because it's such a quiet story, avoiding a lot of the bombast that people identify with his writing. It's a small, personal tale for the most part. A genuine winner. I'm glad they were able to squeeze it in and then a little smiley face in there. Uh, so Penelope Cat asks us, is that it for Twin this, Twim this year? The theme has been a lot of fun. There's been quite a variety of tones and styles, even though they've all been connected to the holidays one way or another. Uh, he says, I don't know if I could particular pick a particular favorite, although the ones that stick in my mind the most are the various FF stories, maybe because the holidays focus so much on family, and they are Marvel's first family. As an adult, the X-Men stories resonate with me too. I can't always spend the holidays with my biological family, and X-Men is about how the family you end up putting together around you isn't necessarily the family you were born into. Now I need some more Marvel holiday goodness. I think I need to rent the Guardians of the Galaxy Avengers holiday special, or rent? Is that a thing? Yeah, I think it was an animated special. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Or read the Gwenpool holiday comic. Happy holidays to everyone at This Week of Marvel, and looking forward to, two, to new TWIM URC in the new year. I think that's, yes, this will be our last TWIM URC for the yeah. year. We'll come back. Guns a in 2018. Crazy guns a Finally, we've got B saying, Hey, I think I know those guys.
3: Looking at our credits page. Uh, we have, as a Jew, I must say this panel gave me a big smile. Great explanation of the Hanukkah miracle. That's by none other than... Um, that's in the X-Men story. Uh, Agent M's story was super creepy for a holiday story. Ben J. Morris's story is funny but way too short. How dare you? Uh, that Deadpool-Santa story was amazing. Santa has great powers. Uh, they're talking about Hanukkah, saying it's a Hebrew word, so it doesn't have an official spelling in English. Eternal debate about the spelling. Shul is Yiddish for schools, since synagogues are places where people learn. Thank you, Real Stan Lee, or Stan Lee, for writing a great Hanukkah story. Yeah. We don't right. get enough Hanukkah stories. No, not nearly enough. Terrific. All right, that's it. We did it, y'all.
1: Wow. How'd we do, Evil Producer Brandon? Evil, two thumbs up. Two thumbs up from Evil Producer Brandon. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure you guys could hear the honking and the uh, the sirens and the people yelling yeah, something outside. something is going on downstairs. Yeah. At one point, <laughs> Evil Producer Brandon was looking out the window yep. like, shut up. We're recording. Actually, right now, in fact. Yeah. Gridlock traffic. Yes. So... Yeah, thank you. We'll be back with another episode next yeah. week. Is that before? In, in days. Uh, yeah, we've got we've got plenty of time. We have plenty of time. Yes. Plenty of time. So we'll be back. Uh, more to come. Yep. Thanks for listening. This is Marvel. Your universe.